Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 33. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Remember I told you last week, I said that they came out of Egypt, but Egypt never really came out of them. Remember I told you? Lots of Christians do that too. They come out of the world, but the world really never comes out of them. And that's exactly what happened. These guys came out of Egypt, but they brought these Egyptian practices with them into the wilderness. That's why they were making a golden calf. That's why they were still wearing the earrings. You know, we, we, we as Christians, listen, we got to be separate, guys. Amen. We got to, you know what? You know, I, I'm fearful, fearful, fearful of the state of the church and the state of Christians. We, we are so concerned with becoming so much like the world that nobody can even tell the difference oftentimes. You know, we hear a lot of Christian songs. I'm into music, y'all. I got an iPod. I love music. I got to have music. I just got to have my music. I love it. But, but we got to be careful what we're listening to. We got to be careful about the music that we sing in church. That's why if you notice the songs here, we try to make sure the songs are upward focused. There's a method to the madness. We try to make sure the songs are about God and for God and blesses God and looks to God and causes you to look to God. The songs, no, we just don't sing anything here. I hear a lot of cool stuff, but all of it can't be sung, not at Calvary Chapel. Because we got to keep that line. Listen, we're separate from the world. Got to be careful about what we're wearing. All right? Say out your amen. Amen. Pastor, now you finna step on somebody's toes. <laughs> we got to be careful. You know, I realize that, you know, we live in a culture where, you know, um, certain dress styles are, are common. But Christian women, listen, be careful. And I'm in, I believe in style too. Fix up. Don't misunderstand me. Amen. Be a blessing. Put... <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Because, you know, the church, we're so weird, man. We just got to swing to the other end of the pendulum. I remember one time in the church, women didn't wear makeup. Women couldn't wear makeup. You wear makeup, you're a Jezebel. <laughs> you're just a Jezebel. You wear makeup. Bah. You know. I remember, y'all, anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Couldn't wear red lipstick. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Couldn't wear red fingernail polish. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Couldn't wear a skirt above your ankles. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Woman better not wear a pair of pants. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm trying to catch everybody. And we just, because we're so holy, we just don't know. And that's not what I'm talking about either. 
You know, you can look nice and everything and wear makeup. That's nice. Amen. I'll tell you what J. Vernon McGee said. J. Vernon McGee said this. Now, Pastor Roddy didn't say this. J. Vernon McGee said, every old bar needs some paint. I did not say that. I'm just trying to tell you what somebody else said. That's all I'm doing. Y'all hard. Fix up. That's nice. Gents, fix up your wife like you look nice too. Take a shower. Put on it. Amen. Ladies, say amen. Amen. I got your back. <laughs> Fix up. It's all right. You know, you know, you, you know, this whole tattoo thing has me concerned. Yo, Pastor Rodney, you go again on a tattoo thing. I can hear you. I'm not against them per se. But you know, honestly, people are putting tattoos. I'm just talking to adults. People are putting tattoos nowadays, and even Christian people, where they do... I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm not a big tattoo person anyway, but don't put them in a place where they just absolutely don't belong. And I'm just trying to say that as gently and loving, kindly as I can. Really? I'm talking to Christians now. Look, if, if, if a person doesn't know God, they don't know God. Don't try to clean up the outward. Give them the Christ. God will tell them what to do after that. Amen. But I'm just talking to Christians now. We want to be mindful of our practices. And we don't ever want to be guilty of bringing, you know, worldly practices into the church. I mean, things that are just blatantly awful and worldly and displeasing to the Lord. Now, I should say, in all fairness to Israel, you notice when the people heard that God wasn't going to be with them, they decided to take off the ornaments in verse 3. I think in all fairness, we should say that. And that's a good thing because it shows that even if they were stiff-necked, they seemed to care about the presence of God being with them, and I like that. But God is saying, take off the stuff that is heathen and pagan, and it's actually indicating that God wants them to take off the stuff that is heathen and pagan and take a stand for God. That's the implication there. That sounds exactly what we looked at last week. Remember, as Moses stood and told the people, he said, who's on the Lord's side? Remember that? I love that. Who's on the Lord's side? And only the Levites were on the Lord's side, and they killed 3,000 people. Remember that? We got to take a stand for God. Somebody say amen. Amen. You got to take a stand for God. You have got to take a stand for God. I don't care where you work, what school you go to, You need to be willing to take a stand for God. Satan doesn't have any problem putting things in your face. He has no problem with getting you to stand for him. We need to boldly be Christians and stand up for righteousness and truth. Even if it means you're going to lose a few friends. If you stand for truth and you lose a few friends, they weren't your friends anyway. Take a stand for God. Why are Christians so wimpy nowadays? Well, we don't want to offend anyone. We don't want to say anything that's going to get anybody upset. So what? So what? You can get them upset. They're upset anyway. They live upset. (laughs) I say upset them. Just upset them. (laughs) Take a stand for God. Who's on the Lord's side? I love that. Who's on the Lord's side? 
Some of y'all ain't raised your hand. <laughs> oh! <laughs> well, look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. So in verse 7, you looking at it? Amen. Moses took his tent. He pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp. And he called it the tabernacle of meeting. Underline that. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. And so it was, whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, that all the people rose... And each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of the cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the pillar of the cloud standing at the tabernacle door and all the people rose and worshiped each man in his own tent door. And so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his what? His friend. And he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, bless his heart, did not depart from the tabernacle. So the people, give me your attention, they removed the pagan jewelry. Moses took his tent outside of the camp and he called it the tabernacle of meeting. Now listen. This isn't the tabernacle that Moses received instructions for on the mountain because it hadn't been built yet. This is a separate tent, possibly, probably Moses' own personal tent. It could have been a supply tent. We really don't know. But either way, the Bible tells us that Moses put it outside the camp and this is where Moses will meet with God. Now, Moses is giving a clear sign, listen, to the people that sin breaks fellowship. Write that down. Sin breaks fellowship, and God cannot and will not dwell amongst sin. Sin, saints, listen, sin separates people from God. Sin separates people. From the Lord, Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2 tell us, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor is his ear heavy that he cannot hear, but your iniquities or your sin have separated you from God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that God will not hear. You understand? I don't think you can get any more clear than that. Sin separates us from God. Now listen, We are saved. We've got to understand this here. We are saved. We are forgiven. But we can't expect the presence to experience the presence of God in our lives or in our situations if we insist on being disobedient. Somebody once said it like this. God, don't bless mess. Did y'all get that? doesn't he he doesn't and if you're gonna continue in sin then you can't expect the presence of god to remain but what you can expect is for god to apply the board of correction to the seat of knowledge (laughs) are you with me my people right you can expect god's judgment 
because you're in sin and God uses the board of correction, if you will, to correct us, to bring us from that place of sin back into a relationship with him. So sin separates us. Yes, God still loves you. And no, nothing is going to separate you from that love. But if you want to experience the deeper part of his presence, then you're going to have to walk with him. You're going to have to yield to him. And you're going to have to get in step with him. You're going to have to walk with him, yield to him, get in step with him. And then God's presence will come. You know, that's why marriage counseling, as some of you guys know, we've counseled you. A pastor on staff has counseled you. And if, because it's very common nowadays for people to live together. And if people are living together and they want to be married, I have told countless couples, if you are living together and you want to be married and you want Pastor Rodney to marry you, and you want to get married here in the church, then marriage counseling is required. How many weeks and how long? Well, that's to be determined. But a requirement is that if you are living together, that you separate. Right, that seems hard. No, it's not hard. That's loving. I'm trying to help you get in the place where you can be blessed by God. You cannot expect God to bless you to bless your marriage if you're not even beginning it the way that he would have you to begin it. Because God don't bless mess. I know that's bad English. A point well taken, right? So you got to do things God's way. And then I have seen it where I've said to couples, listen, you need to separate. Well, you need to go home and live with mom. And whatever it takes, whatever it takes, you need to do it because that will be a, a, an act of faith and a step of faith that will show God that you mean business about doing things his way because you really do want him to be the center of your marriage. Amen. Amen. And when you do it our way, that's okay. I know it's not popular. <laughs> it's Okay. <laughs> I know it's not popular. That's all right. You will be all right. (laughs) But if we want God to bless us, if we want his presence among us, don't we have to do things his way? Isn't that that right? And if we don't do things his way, then how can we expect him to bless us? It's not that hard. So yes, we tell people, you need to separate for a time. And I've seen it over and over and over and over and over and over. Just talked to a couple this week. Won't tell you who they are. They told me this week, God's blessed us. God's provided for us. God's been good to us. All because you guys, the staff here at Calvary Chapel, helped us to understand what God requires of us. And they're just as happy and blessed because you're always going to be happy and blessed when you do things God's way. Amen. Don't let Satan tell you, oh, that's just too hard. I mean, that's just too hard. Oh, well, you know what? You know, you can keep your virginity. I mean, that's just too hard. You got to say no to drugs. Oh, that's just too hard. I mean, well, you can't go to happy hour because that's all kind of crazy. Well, that's just too hard. I won't be accepted in the office. You'll find when you stand for God, God takes care of all of those details. Amen. And all the people who 
looked at you like you were some Jesus freak. They're coming to you for counsel. Hey, can you help me out? I got a little problem. Hey, come step over here. Can you talk to me over here? Sure. Hey, boy, my mom's sick. Can you pray for me? Absolutely. I'm wondering if God even loves me. What do you think? He definitely does. You'll become a minister. And God will use your life. But you've got to do things here. The point is this. You've got to do things God's way and start allowing God to lead your life and to guide your life. So when Moses went out of the tabernacle, notice we just read it. All the people got up and they watched him from the door of their tent. Did you get that? Like little kids. I could get, just picture like two million silent faces <laughs> peeking around the tent curtain, watching Moses as he goes into the tent. As Moses entered the tabernacle, the Bible tells us the pillar of cloud came down and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And God talked with Moses and all the people saw the cloud and they stayed in their tent. Did you get that? I guess they did. <laughs> They're like, hey, we were, we were part of that calf thing. We've been not get too close, you know. <laughs> the Bible says the Lord spoke to Moses face to face. Did you get that? Now listen, when it says, listen, that the Lord spoke to Moses face to face, it doesn't mean that God was sitting down over coffee talking to Moses face to face. This actually, listen, saints, is what we call a Hebrew idiom, which means literally mouth to mouth. It means mouth to mouth. The idea is this, that there is no distance between Moses and God, that the fellowship is intimate, that there's no distance between them. They're like two friends. That's the idea. The idea is that Moses and God were friends with a close relationship that wasn't formal. They sat down and they talked together. God fellowshiped with him. Like friends do. You know, friends talk. They don't just, you know, if you want to talk to your friend, you don't, you know, sit down and write him a letter. You know, dear friend, you look nice. You are fun to be with. No, you don't do that. Friends don't talk like that. Friends hang out. Friends exchange thoughts. Friends talk about what interests them. Friends aren't formal with each other. And when you talk to God, listen, you don't have to be formal with God. Did you know that? You don't have to be formal with God. You, know, you don't have to know how to pray. I've said this a thousand times here. You don't even have to know how to pray. There's no right way to pray. Right words to pray. People have said, I don't know how to pray. You pray, you just talk to God. He's your friend. Jesus said, I no longer call you servants, but I call you what, saints? I call you friend. You're a friend of God. So talk to him as such and have that intimate fellowship just like Moses had. And so Moses and Joshua went out and they pitched their tent. And so Moses would go out and speak to the Lord face to face. And Joshua, I like that. I don't know why I like it. I just do. Joshua stayed in the tent. He probably thought, I don't know. God didn't tell me I could approach him. He told Moses he could, but he didn't tell Joshua he could. So Joshua didn't presume upon anything. He just stayed in the tabernacle, stayed in the tent. And then in verse 12, Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but... You have not let me know whom you will send with me. 
Yet you say, yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, Moses said, show me your way. Underline that, that I might know you and that I might find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. You know what Moses is saying, Lord, if you don't go I don't want to go. Love that. I could preach all day about that. I don't want to be anywhere God isn't. Period. And I want to be everywhere he is. Moses said, Lord, if your presence doesn't go with us in verse 15, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight except you go with us? So we shall be separate your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. And so the Lord, in verse 17, said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses is saying, saints, listen. God, it isn't enough to know that we are going to make it into the promised land. Moses says, that's nothing if you aren't going with us. God, you told me that you were going to send an angel with us. It might be nice to know exactly who that is, Moses says. And I can hear Moses' heart here. I mean, think about this. Moses spent 40 days in God's presence, just enjoying the presence of God. He knew what that was like. It was almost like he got spoiled in the presence of God. And later we're going to see where Moses comes down from the presence of God Again, and his face is glowing. Isn't that neat? You spend time with God. You know, when you spend time with God, your face will be glowing too. You ever meet people that you just know that they spend time with God? Doesn't their face glow? Isn't it? It's kind of odd, actually. I think it's probably two times in the, in the life of women. Uh, three. Times in the life of women where their face glows. One, when they're about to get married. Women just light up. Two, when they're pregnant. Isn't that true? They just light up. And three, when they've been spending time with Jesus. Those three things, those three times in the life of women, you can see the presence of God. Their face glowing, if you will. You become a reflection of him. So Moses just wants to be in the presence of the Lord. He says, who's going to go with us? Moses says, God, you said, you know my name and that I found grace in your sight. Lord, if I have found grace in your sight, Moses says, show me your way. I love that. Psalm 103, write that down. Look it up in your own time. But it says, he made known his ways unto Moses and his works to the children of Israel. God made known his ways. You know, you can almost hear Moses saying, God, I don't, I know that you didn't bring all these frogs on Egypt because you were doing some freaky frog thing. God, I know you had a reason. God, you didn't part the Red Sea just because you wanted to show how mighty you are. I know you didn't just bring us out of Egypt for no reason. I know you didn't call me up on the mountain just to show me all this stuff and not do anything with it. Lord, you did all this, Moses says, for a reason. Show me your way. 
You know, you get the feeling that Moses would have given anything to see and know God's way. And saints, listen, we have a greater, are you listening? We have a greater door than Moses, a greater open door than Moses if we want to know God's way because we have the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And the Bible says that if you ask God to show you his way, he will. We can talk to God face to face, if you will, as a friend, and he will show us his way. God is waiting. People are often asking me, Pastor Roddy, I don't know what God's plan is. I don't know what God wants me to do. I don't know what, where God wants me to go. I don't know what God's way is. I usually ask them, did you ask him? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.